All right, hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Spoiler Alert Podcast, a long-awaited return. We took a few weeks off because there wasn't dick to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And now that we're back, there's still not a lot to talk about. So sadly, um, you know, we'll go through a couple movies that are coming out like usual. We We saw a few, so we'll get a couple convince me the season here. And the biggest thing that happened is the Oscar nominations have released. And, uh, you know, we'll go through those. And I think I think what we'll do, Ty, is we'll go through them and we'll list one who we want to win. Okay. And then who we actually think will win, because I think those are different answers for a few of these. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So at least we made it at least we made it through January. Now there's gonna be a lot more stuff coming out. Hopefully that's worthy of our time. So we got that going for us. Yeah. I was complaining to my friend at work today. I'm like. I've been so disappointed with the movies that are coming out. It's like, there's nothing out this year. He's like, well, it's January. So, you know, it's pretty early. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But man, it just feels like a very slow start. It definitely does. So I'm looking back. If I look back at my list from last year, I'm pretty sure that by like the first couple movies I saw last year were like, some of them ended up being some of my favorites, actually. Like uh, Infinity Pool, I know was one of the first I saw last year. Megan, Knock at the Cabin. And then how could we forget Winnie the Pooh? So, like, the first four <laughs> movies I saw of last year were all... The first three were decent, Megan, Knock at the Cabin, Infinity Pool. But then after that, kind of fell off a cliff a little bit there. But at Winnie least it was Pooh. something to talk about. Right. You know? Yeah, so we far, we don't only three movies this year. They've all just been kind of... Eh. Yeah. I think that's the best way to uh, describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Um, but let's go ahead, hop in here for upcoming movies this week. Biggest one here we got is Argyle, a reclusive author who writes espionage novels about a secret agent and a global spy syndicate, realizes the plot of the new book she's writing starts to mirror real world events in real time. So hell of a lineup in this one. You get oh, yeah. Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Dua Lipa, uh, John Cena, and then even even the uh, writer and directors are have a pretty good resume. So Matthew Vaughn, who is uh, directing this, has produced and directed Kick-Ass, produced and uh, directed X-Men First Class, and then uh, produced and directed all of the Kingsman movies. Not a bad lineup of actors for sure, and definitely not a bad resume for uh, Matthew Vaughn there. Uh, I, I did see that there's going to be a new Kick-Ass trilogy Oh, um, so that's like something to look forward to. I, th- I think the first film's already done filming too. So, wow, is uh, it the same people? I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's like a reboot or if it's like same same people. But I don't even know if I ever saw Kick Ass Two. If I'm being honest with you, uh, I I probably did. I just don't remember it. Right, at it's all. just <laughs> not very memorable. But uh, Argyle though, uh, not high hopes for this one. I hope the cat yeah. isn't very relevant. Uh, the cat's everywhere in the trailer. I don't want it to be like the quirky cat movie and i might have caught a spoiler today on twitter not even like intended though it was like an old tweet from whenever this movie first got announced mm. and they listed the synopsis in it and i haven't seen that synopsis before and it's slightly different from the ones that we're seeing now so if oh, it ends up being spoiler i'll kind of be like what the hell yeah it's like uh netflix will will do that with some things like uh-huh. in in their descriptions it like spoils it like what the fuck yeah. Why would you do that? Or IMDb just slapping a picture of the ending of a movie. Exactly. That was the dumbest fucking thing. Um, but yeah, Argo, that's the biggest one out here. Like you said, not a lot of high hopes, low ratings currently from critics. Uh, but still, that's the biggest movie coming out this weekend. It's at a six on IMDb, though, so it's kind of high, I guess. Not very high anywhere it- else. I think it's like a 30 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, that's troublesome. But again, it might, who knows? It could be a movie that like, you know, critics just hate and then people enjoy. It's going to get bonus points for me no matter what, because Dua Lipa, I'm just going to say it. He's going to listen to this be pissed. Extra points for Dua Lipa. <laughs> that's all right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next movie here, How to Have Sex. That it, That's somehow the movie. Uh, but, but three British teenage girls go on a rites of passage holiday, drinking, clubbing, and hooking up in what should be the best summer of their lives. Sounds like any other basic, uh, you know, oh, we're graduating high school, let's go get wild before college type of film. Yeah. Um, 
there's not much else to say about it. That's exactly what it sounds like, and that's exactly what I expect uh, for that type of movie. They're British, though, so it's going to be like, they're going to have a bunch of funny words for it. They're going to be like, oh, I'm going to go have a wank with with his bruv over here. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Oi, get over here! Yeah, that's how they talk. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in this. Uh, I don't know why, actually. <laughs> Well, I, <laughs> uh, if only um, I can figure out why I'm interested hmm, in this movie. Yes, interesting. Uh, the one girl is actually from the uh, uh, the Witcher series. She was in that that for an episode. Everyone oh. else hasn't really been in much at all, if anything. So, who knows? Maybe That's they'll turn a, into like a uh, option, yeah. they'll turn into like the the McLovin and uh, <laughs> um, the whole super bad crew where. You know, they're they're young and they just become comedic geniuses. However, this doesn't seem to be a comedy, which might be my biggest worry about it. Yeah, just a drama. Yeah. And apparently there's no theaters playing this anywhere near me, which is weird because I am now set in Pittsburgh and not just back home in Vandergrift. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Nothing close. I oh, I got showtimes here. Alamo always has the weird ones small films but yeah i you would think a movie like this sounds exactly like a um a, a, like a buddy comedy yeah I, if, if there is some funniness to it that's i mean that's bonus points right there too if it's just a drama about a bunch of kids on uh vacation banging each other and whatnot i i mean how's that gonna <laughs> i don't know how it's gonna be very good but somehow this is coming out now but it's already won award so it won I see it's got Tiff on the poster. British Independent Film Awards won Best Lead Performance, Best Supporting... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Nominated for Best Supporting Performance. And then a winner for Best Supporting Performance. So, yeah. I I, I don't know. I have no idea. These uh, European Award Festivals. It's one of those film festival type movies, which, honestly, when we were looking to record, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, Sundance was going on. And there was so much garbage I had to pile through to, like, talk about um, upcoming movies. I'm like, man, I don't even want to talk about these because they sound so horrible. <laughs> yeah, so who knows if uh, if we'll be seeing this one. Final one here. This movie actually has been out for some time. I have seen it out, and I've thought about watching it because I like Mads Mikkelsen uh, quite a bit. Um but this is The Promised Land, the story of Ludwig Collin, who pursued his lifelong dream to make the health bring him wealth and honor. I don't know if like that was supposed to rhyme, but it did, health and wealth. <laughs> uh, but it, it looks pretty good. Honestly, Mads uh, Mikkelsen has like a fantastic resume of movies that are so unique and different mm -hmm. that I really enjoy uh, watching them. Probably the... the biggest thing that got me uh into him was um well no i'm trying to blank on the name uh it was a while ago uh the hunt which was a movie about a guy who is uh a teacher and he's like you know best friend's mm -hmm. daughter saw her brothers like watching and like <laughs> saw something happening in there and then told the teacher what happened in the porn but said it was him that did that to her oh, so shit. like it turns into this whole thing of like this dude's a predator and like all, all that stuff and like you just see like the whole town go completely against this dude who was once like a a top of the line character in, in their little town. So that was an interesting one. Huh. Um, obviously a very serious film, but his acting has always stood out. Yeah, I like Mads. He's always been solid. Uh, even underrated, I'd say. Yeah. This movie's got a 7.7 .7 on IMDb, so not bad. Uh, yeah. Not bad so far. This is one that I could try to catch streaming sometime, I feel like. I doubt we'll be at any showtimes around here, but... Yeah, I, I think... It's the same. Oh no, same same theater. Same theater has everything <laughs> uh, for me. Uh, but no, it it's definitely out there streaming. You'll you'll be able to find it. Oh, okay. 
good to know. Good to Pittsburgh, know. <laughs> Pittsburgh just needs an Alamo. Yeah, for real. To. I don't know why I, we don't have one. I, I don't know the one farthest up north. I think there might be one in like North Carolina. Okay. Um, But that might be the the closest one to you. So I don't think you want to make that drive, but... <laughs> Just, I just uh, drive seven hours to see <laughs> yeah, just to go here. Uh, all right, they got one in Boston, DC, um, Indianapolis, Raleigh. Yep, yeah, uh, Yonkers, so New York City. Yonkers, this is a sick word. Uh, yeah, but that that'll be it for upcoming movies. You know, not not a ton to talk about here, and sadly, that's kind of going to be the trend here for for a bit of time. Just a couple weeks. Well, hopefully we'll get some stuff coming out. I think we do have some stuff coming out soon that's, uh, at least I'm looking forward to. I think Drive Away Dolls comes out this month. Yeah. That's one of the, that's like my, one of my most anticipated of the month so far. Um, what else comes out this month? I'm looking right now real quick. Oh, uh, these two are so bad. Madam Web. I think I have to see it just because that'll be a fun one to shit on. And the Bob Marley movie, which I have no interest in seeing, but I might yeah. see it for another one. Actually, I don't know if I can sit through that. For, <laughs> I don't think I can sit through that. I like Bob Marley and all that, but I just, the movie, I just don't know how I could do it. Let's see how long that one is. And they didn't even Hour take 44. His, what, grandson or son? Didn't he? Yeah, it should have been one of them. They got the guy that played, well, one of the Kens and fucking Barbie and <laughs> the annoying guy in Secret Invasion on Marvel. Play fucking Bob Marley. Let's see what else here after those two. Those two are in like uh, two weeks. And then end of the month is Drive Away Dolls. Or is it? What the f- <laughs> are you, I'm assuming you're looking at like the IMDB calendar. That's always messed up. Oh, there it is. There it is. February 23rd. <laughs> okay. Okay. There it is. Good. And at the beginning of March, beginning of March, we have that Love Lies Bleeding look pretty good. Uh... And then, and then it kind of not not a ton after that. But I will see these movies. I will do That's it. Right. Gotta go. Gotta go. Oh, March 26th. My calendar is marked for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a freaking benchmark episode of the pod. We should, we should do a live stream watching that. We honestly should. <laughs> just kind of, what is that, like Mystery Science Theater or whatever, where yeah. they just watch a movie and shit on it? And then after Winnie the Pooh, we have the new Godzilla movie, which is, <laughs> nothing's oh going to be another minus one, one but <laughs> there's some stuff coming out. But we knew this was going to be a slow year because of all the bullshit strikes yeah, and all that. So. Slow start. Slow start to the year. We'll get through it. I do have a little bit of news, though. Should I kick it off? Let's do it. Biggest thing that I've seen so far since our little break here is that we finally have Top Gun 3 in the works. So even though Tom Cruise inked that non-exclusive pact at Warner Brothers earlier... It's looking like he'll continue to be busy at Paramount for some time now because uh, Top Gun 3 is in development with the Maverick co-writer Ethan Kruger currently writing a draft. Uh, The project would reunite crews with Mavericks, Miles Teller, and Glenn Powell, as well as producers Jerry Bruckheimer and David Ellison. Um, Joe Kosinski, I don't know who that is, not John Krasinski, Joe (laughs) Kosinski. Just him with a mustache. (laughs) Kosinski will reportedly either direct or produce. So, I mean, yeah, this is instantly just going to shoot up the most anticipated list regardless of how long from now it comes out. Top Gun Maverick, like, definitely one of the best of the last couple years, I'd say. Uh, That's big. That's big news. But this one, though, this just came out within the last couple of days. I put a picture of it on the dock. So there's a movie coming out just called SNL 1975. So it's going to be directed by Jason Reitman and based on the real-life behind-the-scenes accounts of the opening episode of Saturday Night Live. Uh, these are the guys they got to play some of the characters here. Lore, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Lore, Lamorne Morris, Dylan O'Brien, Corey Michael Smith, and Matt Wood will all be playing Garrett Morris, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, and John Belushi. And I think they nailed it as far as lookalikes go. It is, yeah. I mean, that guy playing Chevy Chase and Belushi, they look spot on. Even even O'Brien can kind of pass for Aykroyd there. And I don't know if that guy's related to Garrett Morris or whatnot, but yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Old SNL. Everybody knows SNL is what it is now. They're good for a couple viral videos here every now and then old snl though is where it's at this movie could be really fun yeah that that sounds exciting um 
I was always more of like the early '90s, you know, yeah. the the Sandlers, the Chris mm-hmm. Farleys, you know, all, all those guys. But you know, these are the these are the guys that started it all. But it says so. The quick synopsis here is on October 11th, 1975, uh, a ferocious troop of young comedians and writers changed television forever. SNL 1975 is the true story of what happened behind the scenes that night in the moments leading up to the first broadcast of NBC's SNL. It depicts the chaos and magic of a revolution that almost wasn't, counting down the minutes to real time to the infamous words live from New York, it's Saturday night. So the (laughs) screenplay is based on an extensive series of interviews conducted by the director uh, with all the living cast members, writers, and crew. So that's cool. At least they're going out and doing, doing the research there, trying to figure out what happened that night. It could, it'd be really sweet if, like, if it just goes completely off the rails or they do like a alternate history thing where it just fucking turns to chaos and never happens or something. <laughs> <laughs> they just Tarantino it. But uh, that would be a cool one. Old SNL's fun. Like I said, new SNL, depending on who hosts, there's some, some funny sketches, but nothing's been really great on it either lately. Yeah. I saw some pretty funny ones whenever Nate Bargatze, the comedian hosted. He was pretty funny. I there's, do, a couple, there's a couple funny uh, Adam Driver ones from whenever he was on it, too. I do like the news segments when they write each other's news segments and they don't know about it until they oh, read yeah. it off. Those are pretty good. That's just... That's, they just make each other say the most ridiculous shit. Oh, they yeah. Can. Like, it's just always, like, incredibly, like, racist stuff that he makes the white guy say. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't just call him the white guy. Scarlett Johansson's husband is yeah. what I meant to say. Like, come on. <laughs> So this next one, this next one tricked me a little bit. I saw the, I saw this news and I thought that Miles Teller was going to be playing Michael Jackson in a biopic, <laughs> but it turns out that Miles Teller is in talks to play a lawyer, one of who is not yet known in a in a Michael Jackson biopic, in which we already, right. I think, maybe even talked about. Uh, but yeah, I thought he was going to be playing Michael Jackson first, which I thought <laughs> was going to be fucking hilarious. But it turns out Michael Jackson's nephew is going to be playing him. Uh, it's going to be directed by Antoine Fuqua, who I just found out is a Pittsburgh guy, so good for him. Oh, he just did right. Equalizer 3. Uh, I'm, he's done a couple other like random movies like that. All the Equalizers. I think he did like The Olympus Has Fallen, shit like that. Mm. Some of those. I think I saw some like uh, video of uh, Michael Jackson's nephew like preparing for a scene and like practicing like his uh, movements and everything. It was it was pretty good. Does he look like Michael Jackson at all? He does. He's just small. You know, he was all, Michael Jackson was incredibly tiny, you know, yeah. kind of like uh, Freddie Mercury. Like, you don't realize how tiny these guys are. Like, the the one I realized was when I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they have mm-hmm. like their their clothes out there. They're they're fucking tiny as shit. <laughs> <laughs> just extra mediums all around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this last one just I just saw today. Like we say, it's been slow. Slow for the movie news, slow for the movies, everything. But Brad Pitt's reuniting with Quentin Tarantino for his final film, The Movie Critic. Okay. So it's going to be the third time they work together. First time, obviously, being in Glorious Bastards. We fucking love that movie. Second time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he won an Oscar for that one. So it's yeah. unclear yet if he's going to play the lead role or not. But, I mean, it's he's got to. Surely he will. So it's looking like 2025 for that one. So we're going to have a while to go, but... I mean, I think we're both probably looking forward to that one quite a bit just because it's Quentin Tarantino's quote-unquote final film. And then we just have a couple movies here that wrapped up filming within the last couple weeks. Gladiator 2, uh, Deadpool 3, and Mortal Kombat 2. So we get to look forward to all of those coming out. None of which are original ideas. (laughs) No, no. That's uh, that's how it goes, I guess. (laughs) The first Mortal Kombat was okay. Yeah. I got Mortal Kombat 11 or Mortal Kombat 1. I think, yeah, Mortal Kombat 1. I played through the story. I don't know why. I don't even know why I buy those games anymore because everybody's too sweaty. Like, there's no <laughs> way I can get online and try to even play that and have fun because I will just get absolutely my shit kicked in. Yeah. People in fighting games get wild at that. Yeah. UFC's as far as I go. I can kind of do that yeah. decently, but if I get my ass beat, I just rage too. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. Break some shit. It's all good. <laughs> that's it for the news like we said not a ton not a ton there cool cool well i'll take over here then for the first convince me to see i gotta recollect uh about this movie because it's been a second since i saw it (laughs) um but i will start to convince you to see or not uh society of the snow 
Uh, Ty, have you seen it yet? I still haven't seen it. You have not. Okay. All right. So Society of the Snow is a true story film that is on uh, Netflix currently. Uh, it's about the flight of a rugby team that clashes, clashes, crashes on a glacier in the Andes. Uh, the few passengers who survive crash, survive the crash, find themselves in one of the world's toughest environments to survive. So uh, this was one, a real event that happened. Two was a book. Three, it was a movie in like the 1990s called Alive. And uh-huh. in that one, it was uh, Ethan Hawke who starred in that one. Oh, no shit. Um, so this one is actual uh, um, Spanish-speaking folks. It's not just Ethan Hawke walking around like, <laughs> like, like normal. So it's you know closer to the real thing. Um, I will say this movie, I am going to try to convince you to see it. Um, okay. Overall, it was really brutal crazy crazy story um based on the things that they had to do to survive you can you can imagine and then like a plane crash in the 1970s is nuts like there's obviously not nearly the tech we have today to help find them and so like it was a struggle uh to find them and um the opening scene of the plane crash was so much more brutal than I thought they were gonna be, uh, make it, and that's honestly what had me really engage myself into this movie um, because they people get destroyed during this clash. Uh, I keep saying clash, crash, <laughs> <laughs> and like they show it all, Ooh. and it is, it is just absolutely brutal. Um, but overall, just a really interesting story. It is a little bit long. Uh, it's almost two and a half hours here, but overall, pretty good, pretty wor- worth watching it the whole time. I do wish it was a little bit uh, shorter. There are some scenes that are a bit repetitive, okay. um, but the overall story, the wildness of the struggles that they have to go through, and then for a somewhat... I'll call it a low lower budget film. You know, it's not like a movie that's straight that goes to theaters and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was the crash was very well done. The gore and yes, there is gore <laughs> yeah, is I mean, also gotta be, gotta be gore. very well done. And then uh, I don't want to spoil the story too much here, but uh, afterwards looking into like the real accounts of what happened like afterwards and how they like had to reintegrate themselves into society after the things they had to do is insane um but yeah overall solid movie easy watch it's on netflix um like i said a, li- a little bit long but man is it brutal like the first hour i'd say really grips you and then it, it definitely slows down and then we'll have some spikes here and there uh, but overall, uh, decent movie to watch. First one I saw of the year, and I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Okay. That's not bad. I'm convinced. I just need to make the time to do it. Maybe mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. weekend I'll actually finally be able to do it, and I'll be able to update the doc. Sounds like it's probably one of the best ones of the year so far, actually. It, it, it uh, definitely is on my side, but then again, I haven't seen much. <laughs> so I'll just go right into mine then, because I'm going to see that one, and I'm sure I'm, I'm going to take your word for it's good. Mine haven't been on Netflix. I'll start off with, um, I'll start off with ISS because it's, it's up my alley. So like once we talked about it, uh, actually, I don't know if we talked about it or not. I think it came out the week we took off, but anyway, uh, space thriller. So I was interested right away. That being said, I didn't have high expectations and I kind of just like bought a ticket and saw it on the fly. Um, there was only one person in the cast I recognized, and it was the guy that played Euron Greyjoy in, in Game of Thrones. Hmm. So it's directed by Gabriella... C- I couldn't tell you how, this, how to say this last name. Copperweight? <laughs> who also directed the the uh, the documentary Blackfish, actually, of all things. Oh. But like I said, starring nobody I knew besides Greyjoy guy, and his, his name's hard to pronounce, so... Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> here. <laughs> Tensions flare in the near future aboard the International Space Station as a conflict breaks out on Earth. 
reeling the US and Russian astronauts receive orders from the ground to take control of this station by any means necessary. So, right there off the bat, that's a, such an intense concept for a movie because you have three Russians on board the ISS and you have three Americans on board the ISS. Shit goes down on Earth and then they each get it like secret transmission from back home saying take those fuckers out take over the eyes <laughs> um but this one was shorter than the beekeeper it was only an hour and 35 minutes which did not feel like very fast i will say uh despite having an awesome premise something that you're invested in immediately uh something that could genuinely happen in real life Man. uh it's like existentially terrifying if you think about it like they were up there on the space station and they just see like a nuke off on Earth, like, whoa, you could see that explosion from space. What the hell was that? And then just a ton of shit happens on Earth, and it looks crazy. Um, probably the scariest thing you could ever see. <laughs> um, but the movie keeps you interested enough, but it hits a lull, and it doesn't really, like... And it it kind of misses going, like, shifting gears to, like, another level. Uh, and you also don't really get a chance to give a hell about any of these characters. Um, a super good, like... <sighs> The effects were okay. They didn't really do too much different that we haven't seen in a space movie before. Um, but like I said, it didn't blow me away. It was just okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a five on this one. Okay. I have to did find see, my list. Oh, did you see this in theaters? I did see this in theaters. I was the only one there. Yeah. I'm gonna go five point three on this one. I'm gonna start to include my decimals so that I can keep a running tally of where I'm at. It's gonna make it okay. easier for the end of the year. 5.3 on this one. That's because I good. Because I watched Self-Reliance first before this, which was a Hulu movie, and I gave it a solid 5. And I think ISS was a little bit better than Self-Reliance, so I went 5.3 on it. Didn't give cool. it the rookie score 5.0. Yeah, Self-Reliance was okay. It was kind of funny, but it also just kind of fell flat. Gotcha. That's but, a, and Honestly, this was a movie I was pretty interested in, but yeah. man, a 5 isn't really... Uh, begging me to go see it. Yeah, no. It would be okay to watch at home, I think. It might be now, for all I know. I don't know if there's still showtimes or not. Um, It's definitely, like, I say this a lot, it's definitely a movie that I could see on TNT at some point. <laughs> like, you'd just be scrolling through, and then you would see them up on the space station, shit going off. You would know you're watching ISS. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just, like, from having such a good story, you'd think that it was it was gonna be better, but nah, yeah. just kind of just kind of falls flat. Five is pretty fair, I think. Maybe even could have probably went lower, but I'll switch gears here and go to the Beekeeper, which was my yeah. first movie I saw in the theater of 2024. This one's of course starring Jason Statham, Josh Hutcherson, and Jeremy Irons. This one's directed by David Ayer, aka the guy who made the bad Suicide Squad movie. Uh, but also the guy who made uh, End of Watch. I love that movie. End of Watch. Super underrated movie, I feel like. Um, quick synopsis here, though. One man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on a national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and a clandestine organization known as Beekeepers. Great name. So, you know, <laughs> Beekeepers, yeah. <laughs> it's Well, at the time I wrote this, it was at a 6.7 on IMDb and a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's maybe since then changed because this was a couple weeks ago. So I'm actually very curious to see if it changed. It's a 6.6 on IMDb. Let's check for on tomatoes. Beekeeper. Currently a 69% critic approval and 92% audience approval. So audiences love it. Critics, it's okay to them. Um, super quick though, hour and 45 minute runtime. It fell quicker than ISS, I will say, even though it was about 10 minutes uh, longer. It's a good premise, like right off the bat too, just like ISS kind of was. If you scam old people online, you're just a total piece of shit, and you deserve to get your shit rocked by Jason Statham. Yeah. So, uh, there are some definitely... He hands out some unique ass whoopings dished out just with, like, no intent for their lives whatsoever. Uh, he's just He really is just, like, a one-man army, and that's pretty much all you want from a Jason Statham movie. So yeah. Go kick some ass. Uh, kind of, like, almost even more asses kicked than John Wick. He almost felt like Invincible, which, I mean, I don't I don't hate. It was a little, it's hard to suspend a little bit of disbelief there, because I think he might have got hurt, like, once the whole movie. But fuck it, who cares? <laughs> um, definitely kept me entertained throughout. 
It's not as funny as some of his more recent movies were, like Operation Fortune or anything like that. Uh, it's more just an ass-kicking movie, and I'm here for it. So it's pretty much just everything you'd want it to be from a Jason Statham movie these days. I ended up going 6.5 on this one, okay. which is technically my number one movie of the year. All right. So, Beekeeper. We'll see how long it keeps that spot. But it's the number one movie of the year for me, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one is also now streaming, so I'll give that a go. Yeah, you'll uh, like it for sure. It's, it's worthy. Anything that's like, all right, Statham beating the hell out of people i'm for it mm -hmm. it's easy yeah. it's an easy watch i at that point i don't care about the story just uh you know make it fun and exciting it hooks you right away because it's a kind of like it's shit that happens nowadays where like someone will try to scam your grandma hack her facebook whatever and stuff like that yeah. or then, and then they eventually steal passwords they try to scam you out of all your money and stuff and then he just goes fucking nuts. I love it. <laughs> it was awesome. great. I was getting hyped up at the theater. I can't remember if I was the only one in the theater for it, too. I might have been, but definitely it was more worthy of a watch than anything else so far this year, I would have to say. Is Hutcherson the bad guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's like a little shithead. Yeah, he looks like it. He looks like a little, like, He looks like such boy. a little, yeah, such yeah. a little rich fuckhead. And there's some <laughs> other guy in it that looks just like him. And I was like, is that Josh Hutcherson? I got to figure out his name. Yeah, I gotta figure out his name because I was like, that's not him. I, it was like, I thought I was losing my mind because he looked like him, but it wasn't, it clearly wasn't him. Gotta find this guy who it was. Taylor James, who played Lazarus or David Witt? It was David Witt. I thought yeah, that was Hutcherson. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's not him. <laughs> yeah, they, they look like pretty similar. Especially in the fast paced movies, probably easy yeah. to get that. That guy gets his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So yeah, definitely check out the Beekeeper. It's definitely worthy of a watch. Definitely, probably, eh, I wouldn't say more than not, uh, Society of the Snow, but anything else so far this it year. It might definitely. be, honestly. Um, I'll, I, you know, I, I might give it a go tonight. I, I don't have much to watch at all. I guess what there's Pro Bowl stuff going on, but who cares? Yeah, only an hour and forty-five minutes too. So we'll probably get done with this pretty quick tonight since we don't have a ton. Yeah, not so a ton. Out. Last segment here, we are going to go into uh, some of our Oscar picks and once. I'm not going to do every category because, honestly, I don't feel uh, uh, qualified to give I, uh, my thoughts on, like, visuals and audio and stuff yeah. like that. All we'll hit some of the big ones. That looked good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, shit like that. Like, so, I liked how the colors looked in that one. Those were pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, we'll, we'll go through some of the ones that I think will work for us. So, Best Animated Feature Film, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress and Actor, Best Lead Actress and Actor, and then the big one, Best Picture. Um, so, we will kick it off with Best Animated Feature Film. Uh, the nominees are The Boy and the Heron, which I still haven't seen, so I'm kind of going off your word here. I'm so, uh, so curious. If, I think you would probably actually really like it since you're a Miyazaki guy. And I think it's the the kind of front runner here to win since it, it won has the Golden Globe. Yeah. Um, Elemental Nimona, which is disgusting. That's that that is nominated. That movie was garbage. Uh, yeah. Robot Dreams, which does look interesting. I put that on my list I, uh, to check out. And then of course Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. So uh, picks and once. Uh, like I said, it's probably going to be the boy in the heron. That mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. The want uh, for me would, of course, be Spider-Man. Yeah, me uh, too. Me too. I, I just think films like that need more recognition. Not that it wasn't already a big movie. Yeah. But, like, in terms of, like, the the Hollywood elites who, like, make these picks, I want them to realize just how unique of a film it is and that we need more of that stuff. And we won't get more of that stuff unless people think it will win awards and make money. Yep, and now it's going to be who knows how long till we get the next one, but yeah. hopefully I would like to see that one win an Oscar. That'd be great. I can't remember if the first one did or not. Did the first one? I think it did. I couldn't remember if it if it did or not. It, it better have. Yeah, let, I can confirm that real quick, but Ty, is, are you on the same page here? I feel like you are. Yeah, I can check out the best directors here. Um, let me find it. Let me find it. Where the hell did it go? Oh, and, and sorry, I, I meant same, same page as in, like, you agree. You oh, think right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, not, yeah, not, not our doc, not our doc. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. Oh, good. <laughs> so I do have it pulled up. I was like, wait a second. 
Uh, yeah, no, definitely we're on the same page for that, for sure. Awesome. And then, yeah, Spider-Man has won one Oscar, the original one did. Um, was it for effects? It was for... Or, like, animation, whatever? Uh, who is that? Yes, uh, Best Animated Feature Film. Sweet. So, yeah, 2019. Man, that was a So I could one. see them going... That's why I could see them going with The Boy and the Heron here. Yeah. Because the first one did win, and this is a sequel, but... It deserves it, I think. I think it looks better yeah. than The Boy and the Heron, having seen both. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. The Miyazaki <laughs> art it has style its own, is different. It's it does have its own... Dis- yeah. It's still good. Good art style, but it's different compared to Spider-Man, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's hop into uh, Best Director here. Uh, nominees this time are Justin Triet for Anatomy of a Fall, Morton Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Nailed it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Ty, we talked about this during our award show. I think it's pretty damn easy to give it to Nolan. There's no way you don't go Nolan here, I don't yeah. think. Um, I think it's what we want, too. You know, yeah. unless you feel differently for, like, Poor Things. Apparently, Poor Things was fucking great, too. I think you still need to see that. Have you seen that one yet? I haven't. Yeah, maybe there's a better place to watch that one now, or better. But yeah. um, that was that was a fucking great movie. But I still haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall either. I'm I've seen some people saying, "Oh, she could come in and snoop swoop in on that." No, get the hell out of here. Yeah, this can. is definitely Nolan's <laughs> uh, award to lose, in my opinion. I think he's definitely. Gonna, I mean, Oppenheimer's gonna fucking clean up. Absolutely. So, so pretty much any like any one of these that has an Oppenheimer actor, he's probably gonna go to the Oppenheimer actor. But we'll yeah. see. Um, cool. So easy enough for for those ones. So let's hop into Best Supporting Actress. Uh, so speaking of Oppenheimer, we have Emily Blunt, uh, Daniel Danielle uh, Brooks for The Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdover. So that's my pick. That's who I want, and that's yep. who I think will get it. Me too. I was I was immediately about to walk back my Oppenheimer uh, take there because Emily Blunt. I don't. I mean, she was in the role in the movie for all of ten there. minutes, and she didn't really do anything for me. I don't know why she even got a nomination here. From being honest with you, yeah. and America Ferrer getting a nomination for Barbie is fucking ridiculous to me. <laughs> it, it, it hurts. <laughs> That's ridiculous to say. Oh, she won. She got a nomination for that movie. That's a joke. Especially because Margot Robbie didn't even get uh, nominated for Best Actress. She got yeah. snubbed. Fuck. They fucking left her hanging on that one, so that sucks. But, uh, yeah, this has got to go to Divine Joy Randolph, my opinion. Awesome. Yeah, and well, well deserved for her as well. And I think she was also in The Color Purple. I might be wrong. I think she was too. Um, but obviously... They were going to say Barbie if I was like, oh, shit. What part was she? she? Yeah, I don't know if she was in that either. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was in the color purple, but in the holder, I loved her character. She was Me probably too. My, my favorite character. Man. Honestly, same. Honestly. Now uh, I'm watch the holdovers again. It's a good one. It's so good. Uh, so let's hop over to uh, supporting actor. Uh, nominees, we have Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. So this is the first awards where I'm a little bit torn. Yeah. I would imagine it's going to be Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. I think um, this is definitely the strongest category as far as, like, roles go and people nominated. Ryan yeah. Gosling absolutely killed it in Barbie. Obviously not as not as serious of a role as, like, Downey right. had, but Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things was also fucking great. And, and that's where, man, I it's tough. For what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. De Niro probably had the biggest role out of all of them. Yeah. Um, I, I can't speak for poor things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, Robert Downey Jr., while... I'm sorry. Robert De Niro, while I was disappointed as a whole with Killers of the Flower Moon, mm-hmm. I still think he did a good job. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I'm a little torn here. I, I'd be happy, honestly, with pretty much any of them winning. Mm-hmm. Um probably yeah I, I i can't speak to mark mark Luff, ruffalo but as far as like if i'm picking who i think is actually gonna win i'm pretty positive it'll be robert downey jr yeah i think so too we should definitely keep track of i mean we're pretty much on the same page of who we think and want to win i was gonna say yeah. let's keep track of it but 
pretty much like we're we're i think everybody we've said so far is going to win but it will be fun to see if we're right or not yeah come on so, i'll pop it down here on on our notes for who we think um and we can we can go from there uh it's it would be so, really fun if gosling wins though for barbie it would be i like i i won't deny that i i voice that you know barbie wasn't my favorite movie uh-huh. but he was my favorite part of it oh absolutely um, so you're on the same page, Robert Downey Jr. for supporting actor. Yep, yep, yep. Well, cool. And so let's get to the big one. So leading actress uh, nominees. I, how have I feel like we had this entire movie or podcast for a year, uh-huh. and I never heard a naiad. I didn't either. And it's it has I've all these nominations. <laughs> never once heard of it. I could not tell you what it is. Man, what we got some holes in our in our our show here for missing out on nominated films what the hell i gotta look this up i don't even know what the hell it, it came is. out of nowhere i have no idea what it is Not yet. like isn't i don't a, know isn't that a town in like north dakota or some shit maybe uh well it says uh, oh Nyad. they're swimming from cuba to florida oh you know what that's a lie i i have heard of this movie i just completely ignored it it's on it's Netflix. A, it is on Netflix. Yeah, I completely ignore this movie. I'm like, all right, old lady wants to swim the Florida. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I ignore it. about this movie. <laughs> is it is it true? Oh, it is a true story. Oh, that's kind of cool, I guess. But um, yeah, Turns no, out did not. Is, I don't know if Nia is actually a town or not, but is this lady's last name? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be a town. I mean, you can you can say it is. I guarantee nobody knows anything about North Dakota. 110 open mile, oh, 110 mile open ocean swim from Cuba to Florida. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking wild. That's like Michael Phelps shit. Like, how do you just not stop to like sleep or eat? Maybe she did. I don't fucking know. But yeah, just backstroke <laughs> while like eating. Yeah, here's a pop tart. <laughs> At least I, I think it looks like they had a boat falling her, so they. Sh- so she doesn't get lit up by like sharks or whatever. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Shark. Also, this movie's two hours and one minute long, which is far too long. Far too long of a movie. Yeah, like, what are they going to talk about? chick swimming across Cuba. Yeah, who knows? Little, Maybe it's her. Uh, it's Jody probably Foster's like a... everything these days, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. We, I Trying think we to... just finished the second episode of Night Country. Actually, we were midway through it, and we spilled shit all over our new rug, and we had to stop watching it as a big disaster. <laughs> oh. So... <laughs> Well, I don't know what happens in the second. Welcome episode. to the oh, apartment wait. life. I do remember what happened actually. You said you have you watched the? Yeah, I I've watched um, three of them. Yeah, I think only three came out. So might maybe four, but the heads just started to talk whenever they were digging them up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it, uh it gets very uh, uh, spiritual. I guess you can call it. Yeah, especially after that lady was seeing her dead husband or whatever. I thought it was her uh-huh. son that she said she was banging him. I was like, that's everyone's just banging, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not her son. <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> it's I'm I've, I'm invested so far just because I've been looking to find a new movie to or a new show to watch. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I've been watching fucking Malcolm in the Middle. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> Young Dewey. Yeah, little Dewey. Is I never watched it growing with Tupac up. Real? Who with two? Who? I've seen a picture. There's a picture. Hold on, I'll pull it up. I'll send it to you. There's been a picture <laughs> of Malcolm and the Roll cast with Tupac, and I, I don't think it's real. That's, I would have thought he died before that show even came out. Right? <laughs> That's pretty great if it's real. Why can't I find it now? <laughs> Just some sick Photoshop. Shit. <laughs> Uh, Tupac at Malcolm. Are you thinking of Malcolm X? No, no, no. no. There's a picture going around for Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle with Tupac. Oh, you know what? That was definitely probably like, uh, yeah, he died in '96. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, fun. so that is not real. real. But that real would be mind, that might just be really funny if like, because he was, you know, he was at the Malcolm X speech or whatever, and because of Malcolm in the Middle. They just kind of spliced them in with something, <laughs> like gave them glasses I or something. I want to be able to find the picture. I can't. It's driving me crazy now. Fuck. That's good. 
You have to make one. Get some AI to do it. <laughs> um, Where the hell were we? <laughs> anyways, Nyad. Crazy, t- uh, crazy tangent there. Nyad, yeah. Oh, Annette, best actress in a leading role. Annette Benning nominated for best actress in a leading role. Lily I hope Gladys. she loses. I'm just going to say it. I just <laughs> hope she loses. <laughs> hey, man. She's a good swimmer. Um, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan in Maestro. And Emma Stone in Poor Things. And again, I have not seen Poor Things, but I also feel like she'll win. I'm going a little bit based off of the uh, uh, Golden Globes here because sometimes they line up. A lot of the times they line up. However, I would not be upset if Lily Gladstone won. She was great as well. Uh Um, And honestly, Carrie Mulligan, even though I, I didn't like Maestro, I thought she was very good in it. Yeah, honestly, um, up until I saw Poor Things, I thought Lily Gladstone was going to win this because she was fucking great in that movie, no doubt. Yeah. But having seen Poor Things, Emma Stone definitely deserves this one. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. I can't I wait for you to see that movie. You'll be excited of once you finally watch it. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, um, I'll defer to you on that one. I, I believe you. I'll, yeah, I I'll think Emma Stone's going to take this. I'll give it to her as well. Uh, then, man, this is another easy one, I think, for lead actor. But let me read out the numbers here. Yeah. Lillian Murphy, of course, for Oppenheimer. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. And Coleman Domingo for Rustin. No idea what that is. I have no idea what that is either. But pretty sure it's going to be the Oppenheimer guys, Lillian Murphy here. However, it's I would love if Paul Giamatti takes it. So would I. I would. It would be probably a crazy upset at this point, and it would definitely be like, I feel like Killian Murphy definitely deserves it, but, I mean, Paul Giamatti does just as well. Yeah. I'd like, be okay with either, but I think it's going to be Killian Murphy. Yeah. I, I'm all for the upset here. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've talked about the holdovers a lot. Such a great film. And mm-hmm. if he pops in and just steals this, would be awesome. So good if it happens. It would be crazy. Rustin is also another Netflix movie. Man, it's another biography drama, and it's an activist. Bayard Rustin faces racism and okay homophobia as he helps change there the course go. of civil rights history by orchestrating the 1963 March on Washington. So that was all Oscar bait for sure. Yep, there you go. Good job, you got your nomination. Movie as hell. Yeah, good, good job. <laughs> good work. out on IMDb so that's how you know it's all Oscar bait because people don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck about this movie I bet it has like a high 80s critic rating let's check and see yeah let's see let's see so I get this one Um, Rustin while you're looking that up I didn't realize how many nominations they give out for best picture it's a lot yeah you're right 85% certified tomatoes and 86% critics or audience Mm -hmm. which I'm surprised the audience is that high I figured it's gonna be lower yeah, well, that sounds so fucking boring to me. <laughs> it doesn't sound interesting, but so I anyways. hope he loses. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, best picture. I I never realized how many films actually get nominated. There's quite a lot here, more than I I remember I like for 11? like Is it previous one, two, years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So nominees for best picture: American Fiction, which. I do think I got to see. Uh, that yeah, sounds, I think I want to see that one too. It actually looked pretty solid. I've heard yeah. it was good. I can't remember who told me they did see it, but someone said it was really good. I like Jeffrey Wright too. Um, yeah, me too. He's a big HBO guy. Like, uh, oh yeah, Westworld. obviously big in Westworld, and then um, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Okay, he plays a, a big character in that. So, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, which. That disturbs me a little bit, much like a lot of these other movies. I don't know how it's up for Best Picture. Right. Uh, the Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, same thing there. Oppenheimer, a- absolutely. Past Lives, that really pisses me off because that movie was straight trash. That's one I also didn't see. Neither didn't see that or Zone of Interest. Yeah, so then Poor Things, and I think I texted you like when I read the nomination. The fuck is the Zone of Interest and why is it nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, um, that's another one. I, I did check out what what that's about. It actually sounds pretty interesting. It's an A twenty four film as well. Oh, okay. Um, I think they get a little weird with it, which causes a bit of uh, ruckus for who likes it and who doesn't. 
Because essentially uh, what it is, it's a family living right next to like Auschwitz and trying oh. to live like a normal life while people are being brutally held captive and murdered next door. And oh, so shit. like, obviously a lot of people have an issue with that for a lot of reasons. Um, and I think people felt like they were making fun of the situation almost. Uh, mm-hmm. But A24, they wowed out. And honestly, it, it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, but that might be one worthy of checking out before the Oscars actually come out for sure. Absolutely. I think we've definitely seen more Best Picture nominees this year than we did last year, though. Yeah, I think so, too. I think last year was just boring. One of the shitty ones we didn't care to watch. Yeah. Um, But, Ty, I would would love for it to be the holdovers, much like the Mm -hmm. Paul Giamatti takeover, but I think we know what's coming here. It is going to be and should be Oppenheimer. For sure, for sure. One thing I was surprised, though, there was no, like, love anywhere for uh, the Iron Claw. Yeah, that is an absolute fucking crime, you know, in in every category. Should it be, I would, like, put Iron Claw in for Best Picture over uh, American Fiction, over Barbie, over Past Lives, over Maestro, over... I can't say zone of interest. I haven't seen that one yet. Like it, it disturbs me about that shit. And I know there might be a little bit of a bias with Zac Efron mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, he's just still the high school musical guy. You know, he can dance, but he acted that ass off in that movie. Um, and even supporting role actors, even the the mother, she should have been up for supporting actress. You know, it yeah, um, really, really big miss by the Oscars here. I agree. I agree. Fuck that. Yeah. It should have been nominated somewhere along the way. And so somewhere. should have Margot Robbie. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you there, too. Um, but we'll finish it out here with we know it's going to be Oppenheimer. It deserves mm-hmm. it. It is every bit of a Oscar worthy film. And they're, they're going to clean house, like you said. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, Ty. Well, we're back. We're going to get this going again. Weekly. Hopefully some better films to talk about here. Maybe some more exciting news. We'll get into it. Yeah. We'll get her done. We're going to start getting her done. Yeah. That's what we're saying. We're getting her done. Getting her done. He's still around, right? It blew my mind whenever I found out he's completely not even like Southern at all. He's like a normal fucking guy. He's He's just fake. Yeah. He's fake Big fakey. Big old uh, faker, fucker, <laughs> fucker. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's where we're gonna well, get out of here. <laughs> this is this is what we get for not having a ton to talk about. <laughs> All right, we will be back next week. Bye.